Today's daf is daf Tezvav. We are at the towards the bottom of Yudalim and Aleph, about 15 lines, 16 lines from the bottom of Yudalim and Aleph. The first word in line is Gufa. This itself was mentioned yesterday. Said four general rules. What were the rules, Benazakim, uh, concerning the laws of damage? Number one, that if it, the damage occurs specifically in a domain that belongs to the Nizak and not the Mazik, which means the Mazik had no right being there, then Chayiv Bakol. Then he's Chayiv Bakol. Now, the nuance of the wording is very important. Chayiv Bakol means it's Mashma, he's Chayiv for the for the full damage. If you wanted to tell me that in the Nizak's Rishus, like we talked about before, there, Shane, Veregel, Karen, everything applies, it should have said Chayiv Al Hakol. But Chayiv Bakol is Mashma, we're saying is that he's Chayiv for the full amount of damages, which now we have to step back for a moment because that's not necessarily true. Because we know it's true by Shen and Regal, you pay the full amount. By Karen, it really depends. According to Chachamim, was it a Tam or was it a Muad? So therefore, why is it using a lotion of Yerchayev Bakol? So when it says Alakol, it should be Yerchayev for all the damagers. Yerchayev, for Shane, Regal, and Karen. That's what it should say. Why does it say Bakol? So when it says Alakol Leiketani, Elachayev Bakol. But uh, the Kule Nezik, it's much we have to pay the full amount of damage, the money. So whose opinion? So Gemara says it must be that this Brysa is not going like the sheet of the Chacham, but it's actually going like the sheet of Rabbi Tarfun. Because Rabbi Tarfun holds that even though the Torah teaches us Nezek is ha- that Karen is Chatzin Nezek, if it's a Tom, he says that's only in Rishus Rabin. But if it's your animal went into the domain of the Nezek, he has a right to collect from you full damages. So then, the, then this taka, the Rav Shimon uh, uh, Ben Elazar's rule, this rule would be exactly the wording that's needed if you're going like the opinion of Rabbi Tarfun. All right? So Moses says like this. So Moses says, Rabbi Tarfun, the Amr, Meshuna Karen. Meshuna means where Karen is not the norm. When is Karen not the norm? And it's a tam. The first three times when it's a, so when it, when it's the tam of Karen, but it happens in the domain of in the courtyard of the nizak, then it's nizak shalim mishalim. So what's this? Fine. That fits very nice. Rule number one. The problem we're going to have over here is Ema Sefer. Go to the end of the brisa, which is rule number four. Now let's take a look. We're going to develop the question here. What's rule number four? It says, The simple wording is, where neither party had permission to be there. Which means that, right? The means like it's talking about, as opposed to rule number three, which is talking about a courtyard where they both own, this is mashma that it's a courtyard that does not belong to both of them. So in this case, we don't view it as a Rishus Rabim. So therefore, Shame Regal will be Chayev. Shalom. Right. Shame Regal will be Chayev. But the Chiddush is, they're always Chayev Shalom. But the fact that they're Chayev, which means it's not a public domain. Because a public domain, they don't pay for Shame Regal. So it means like this. Now, what does it mean? Let's understand the case. It says that neither party, Lolaze, Lolaze, means, my love, Lolaze, Lolaze, my love, Lolaze, Lolaze. What does that mean? Neither one. Now, if you, the simple understanding would be, like you want, if you want to say it means Lolaze, Lolaze, which means neither party had a right to be there. Ela de Achar means that, the, but both the Nizak and the Mazik were trespassing, and it belonged to a third party. 
The problem is that you wouldn't be high shame veregel in that case because the law, the, the pasuk that says shame veregel it's beer bezdei acher that it's when the mazik damaged in the property of the nizak he damaged bezdei acher he pays the person that he damaged but if neither either one had a right to be there then you don't you can't say he went and damaged in the person's property of whom he has to pay. That's not the case, because yet it's a third party. So Lechorah says, You need for Shein Regal to be chayiv. It has to be that the damages are happening in, in, the, in the Nizak's property. That's not the Nizak's property if it's a third party property. But Lekin, you don't have this over here. So Elipshita must be, even though it's a, a, it's, a, it's a strange way to say it, when it says that Lolazev, Lolazev means, as opposed to case three, where they both own the property, here they don't both own the property, rather only one of them owns the property. That's how you have to interpret what it means. Lolazev, Lolazev doesn't mean that they don't both don't own it, it means that means they both don't own it together, only one of them owns. And obviously, in order for the shame to be regular to be happening, which one? Exactly right. So, it must be the chad. It must be belonging to one of them. The problem is that, that then it comes out saying is that case number three is talking about also the damage occurs in the shoes of the nizik, but keep going. And there it says that shame the regular you've got to be chayef, and for keren you've got to be nezek. Now, that's very difficult because that's going like the Chachamim. How could it be that rule number one, where you say Rishus Anizik is full damages for Karen, and rule number three, or, or really rule number four actually, ah. rule number four is Nezik, uh, is Chatsi Nezik. So when it says Bektani Sefer, and it says in the concerning rule number four, Tam Mishalem Chatsi Nezik, and Mud Mishalem Nezik Shalem. That's also in the Rabban, it's going like the Chachamishita. Tam Mishun Karen, they hold by the Tam of Karen, even though it's Bechatsar Nezik, they disagree with the Ritarf, and they hold Chatsi Nezik, Kudim Mishalem. It's still the is Chatzinezek. So therefore it comes out, Lechorah, how are you going to explain the Reish is going like a Vitarfun, rule number one, and rule number four, that Seba is going like the Rabbonin, they're contradictory positions. So Moran says, Eden, we can live with that. That's not the end of the world. Why do we have, because we have precedent. We're going to have, on Tes at Beis, we're going to have a Mishnah where we have the same, really the same problem. Part of the Mishnah seems to be going like a Vitarfun. Part of the Mishnah seems to be going like Rebbe, like the Chachamim, and we're going to see over there that Shmuel told this Talmud of Yehuda, you know, don't, don't, don't kill yourself over this. It's okay. We can say that part of it goes like one opinion, part of it goes like another opinion. That's not the end of the world. So therefore, in Daha Amalei Shmuel Rabbi Yehuda, because we see that on 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 Tzvavim days, Shmuel told Rabbi Yehuda, Shinin a sharp one. He says Shvok Matnisin, leave alone the Mishnah. Means don't don't be so bothered by this Mishnah. V'sabras Roy, follow me, follow the way I interpreted. Reish Rabbi Tarvim and Sefer Rabbanan. Now the same way as he does that, we can do the same thing over here as to how explaining the four rules of Rabbi Shimon Alos. But it comes out really that. It's not so problematic. That fourth rule is just being, is being added because it's the rule according to the position of the Chachamim as opposed to rule number one, which was the rule according to the opinion of Rabbi Tarfun. Okay, now, Ravina finds that very difficult. He says, to say that that's the way you have to learn the Brysa, I don't, I don't like making that. You're gonna have, you're gonna set down a set of rules, it would make a lot more sense if all of them are following the same opinion, as opposed to saying that rule number one's going like Rabbi Tarfur, like the, uh, and the rule number four's going like, he doesn't like it. 
So Rabbi Vinam has made the Rav Amar Kulab Rabbi Tarfuni. I have a way of explaining the entire Brice of Rabbi Shimon Elazar, all going like the position of Rabbi Tarfun. Now the question is, how are we going to do that? I understand. Rule number one clearly it says that he's Mishalim. The fact that he used the language uh, that you pay the full damages implies that you're paying Nezek Shalom for Karen Bashus and Nezek. That's clearly going like Rabbi Tarfun. How do I make rule number four also go like the position of Rabbi Tarfun? So you have to be a little bit creative over here. My Lola Zeva Lola Zev. The wording was that it doesn't, this one doesn't own it and that one doesn't own it. So we said it can't be that neither of them own it because if neither of them had no right to be there, then they would not be Shane Varegel in such a case. So what does it mean like this? It means like this, Lola Zeva Lola Zev Lepeiros. It means that they don't both have position to keep their produce there. Elachad. Only one of them had rights to have his payros uh, there. It means this was maybe a, a jointly leased or a property, but the deal was that only the Nizza can keep the, his, his produce there. Okay, so now that helps you for the laws of Shane Varegel because the Nizak has rights to keep his. Uh, his payrolls produce there, which means that if the mazik uh, damages him, he's going to be higher for shame regal. Fine. However, but but they do both have permission to bring their ox in. Now, why does that help and you? Because now it's considered more like a rishus arabi legabe the oxen. They both have permission to bring in their ox. Since they both have permission to bring in their ox, he's not trespassing by having his ox go in. So like there, the din of chatzin nezek will apply even according. To Rabbi Tarfun. Very good. So what it says like this. To Lechabe Shane Vashane Have a Chatzin Nizak. Concerning the Shane, which is concerning the produce, where only the Nizak has his right to be there, that's considered the Nizak's property. That's why Shane Varegel Yerchayev. Legabe Keren, where they both have a right to bring their ox in, therefore Legabe the din of Keren. It's like Roshasa Rabbim. Therefore, even Rabbi Tarfun agrees that the din of Keren by a Tom will be. Hatsi Nezek. Good? Okay. Now, the Gemara asks the Gaval the Gekasha. The Gemara says like this. This is the way Tosus explains. So, according to Shmuel, we explain why there's four rules. Because it's not really four rules. Three of the rules apply to Rabbi Tarfun, and three of the rules apply to Rabbi the Chachamim. But the fourth rule is just added to show the dimension of the Chachamim, but it's not, but that you can get away with explaining it that way, according to the way Shmuel explained it. Ravina didn't like it. He wants to make it all going like Rabbi Tarfun. Now, if they're all going like Rabbi Tarfun, so the fourth, that's supposed to be the fourth rule, quote unquote, what is the fourth rule? Really, the fourth rule is really a combination of the first and the third rule. The Gabe Shane Varegel, which was rule number one, uh, I'm sorry, the Gabe the Din of Shane Regal and Keren, that if only the Nizak had a right to be there, that it's Nezek Shalane, even for Keren, that was rule number one. The Gabe the Din, where they both have a right to be there by Keren, it's considered Shusarabim. Uh, and therefore, you're going to be Chayev, Chatsi, Nezek, Fulkir. That was rule number three. We didn't mention it. We mentioned it yesterday. But it comes out rule number four is not adding any new information. It's really just a combination of rule number one and number three. So why are you calling it a set of saw? It's not a standalone rule. That's the most conscious. So, Yachi Arba, why are you telling me there are four rules? Shloshav, there's only really three rules. So, Amrav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. Shlosha Klolos, the Arba Makomos. 
There are three rules that apply to four different scenarios. Means you're right, it's not really a fourth rule. That fourth rule, it's really saying that there's another scenario that has not, it might be a combination of one and three, and between that, that one and three, that's gonna, you apply two of the rules to it, but it's not a fourth standalone rule. That's how you're gonna have to explain it. Okay, let's go back to now. This Mishnah that we're going to learn right now is very cryptic. There's going to be catchphrases that are used. You see, by the way, here's a classic example of Rabbeinu HaKadosh. When he redacted the Mishnah, he didn't redact the Mishnah as giving you full information to everything that's going on. There was almost like mnemonics. It was almost like catchphrases that was just to help the Talmidim when they learned the Mishnahis to remember what the Torah Shapal Peh was concerning these particular... That's why when you have the, the Bryces sometimes, the Bryces are a lot more elaborative on what the Mishnah was saying. Because Rabbeinu HaKadosh, by, by, by on purpose, to keep the Mesorah, he didn't want to have that everybody has an art scroll of Gomorrah and can learn it on his own. He wanted that you need to go to your Rebbe, and through your Rebbe, the Mesorah will come on how to learn the Mishnah. All right? That's, so it says more like this. So Zagdei Liga Mishnah. Shum Kesef. So these are all situations now it's discussing how payments of the damages take place. How do they? So first of all, payment is done with a monetary assessment. Again, we're going to explain each one of them. They seem a little cryptic right now. Shavak Kesef. It has to be done with something that has got the value of money. Bifnei Beistin. It has to be done in front of a court of law. Alpi Adim. Where there are witnesses. Bnei Chorim. These witnesses have to be free people. Bnei Bris. They have to be people of the covenant. Nezek. And concerning damage, men and women are equal. You don't have a thing, oh, you only have to pay for damaged a man's item, but you don't have to pay for damaged a woman. It doesn't work that way. The laws of damages apply equally to the, the, the men and women. And by the way, that can go both ways, both in terms of the damager and the damagee. I guess it's true. Now, and the last thing which we're going to have to explain, there are cases where usually who's making the payment? The payment is the mazik. But there are cases that even though the mazik damaged the nizak, the nizak takes one for the team. The nizak has to give part, he has to take care of, part of the payments are on him. Okay, what's the case? We'll have to discuss the case. But that's the scripted Mishnah. Now we're going to go through each clause of this Mishnah and elaborate what was meant by each one of these cryptic clauses. With me, Adam, good? Let's go. My Shum Kesef. What does it mean, the first thing, that the test, a monetary assessment? Now, so Amar of Yehuda. Yehuda says, Shum means that the way we assess the amount that needs to be paid is based on the value, means how much money did the Nizak lose? That's how you calculate. Now, I'm going to learn this the way Rashi does it, and we'll see Tosa's difficulty with that. And if you take a look, you have time spent to go take a look at how Tosa learns it differently. But the way Rashi explains like this, it seems to be that there were societies that existed that if A damages B, whatever item was used to damage B, B had a right to take as payment. All right? So it doesn't matter. Your rolls damaged my uh, fiat, I take your roles as payment. That, that was societies that, that that's how they did it. And therefore, what the, what, what the, what the, what the way Rashi explains it, what the Mishnah's come to say, no, no, that's not how we calculated. We calculated based on the value. What was the amount of money that was lost? That's how the calculations are made, not based on what the item was 
that damage the individual. Okay, that's the or the. So what is it like this? Amr Yehuda Shum Zelo Yehel BeKesev. It has to be calculated based on value on Kesev on the amount of money that was lost by the Nizak. Tamid Alatan Rabbanim. We have learned in the Brisa that which is that means what was taught in the Mishnah is supported by that which was learned in the Brisa. What does it say explicitly in the Brisa? Parashas Ikatalus. You have a situation where a cow damaged a garment. Okay. Or oh, you have a situation where the cow trips over the garment and the, and the, and the, and, and the garment damaged the cow, all right? So therefore, We don't say we'll give him the talus for the para, give him the para for the talus, like some societies would do, that your right is to collect the item that damaged your item. Says so, no, you calculate him. Taisva says that's too pushing. He says that doesn't make any sense. And then what Taisa has a whole different way of learning this. He says that can't be. What I would have a mina that I'm going to get my talus for my cow getting damaged. Taisa doesn't like it. I threw in that there were some societies. I don't know if there were some societies. I don't. But I mean, I think that's probably what it means. It makes sense that maybe I could see that that's the way it was done. You know, so, uh, so anyway, but the point is that's how Rashi learns it. Let's go back to it. Now, Shavak Kesem, the next phrase was that you pay with something that is worth money. Now we're gonna see the initial understanding of the Gemara seems to contradict something we learned earlier, and the Gemara will get to that question. So hold, hold, hold your horses. The time of we learned to the Brisa. What does Shavak Kesev mean? So the Brisa is elaborating on the word Shavak Kesev, that it has to be paid with Shavak Kesev, the damages. So what does that mean? So the Brisa teaches us that the word Shavak Kesev, something that's worth money, that the means that you pay for damage when it's worth money, specifically re- refers to real estate, karka. It will, we'll see in a moment why it's called Shavakesa, but Shavakesa refers to Karka. The sign we learned in the Tanabonan, Shavakesa, Melamed, Sha'in based in the Skakin Ella Nechazim Sheesh Machrais, that based in when they get involved and they now have to collect to pay off damages, they only collect from what? They collect from real estate. That's their go to item for paying damages. Aval, Im Kadam Nizak, however, there is an allowance that if the Nizak went, and he extrajudiciously, in such a word, if he went on his own without having gone through basin and he seized metaltalin to pay for the damages that the mazik caused the nizuk, tafas metaltalin, basin government, then basin will accommodate and they will allow the metaltalin to pay off the debt that was incurred by the mazik to the nizuk. Okay? Now, Okay, so we're saying is that therefore that goes back, let's go back to Amishnah. So when it says Shavak Kesef, that would mean that Shavak Kesef means that when based in collect for damages, what do they use specifically? They use Karka. So the Gemara right now is troubled. How do you know the word Shavak Kesef specifically refers to Karka? I mean, I, I understand the halacha you're saying, which we're going to have a question on anyway, but it means like it means based in collect after from real estate. We're going to have to see where, how's that true? But the point is, but how do you know when it uses the word Shavak Kesev that's referring to that halacha? Where do we know? Shavak Kesev is mashma, anything that's worth value. How do you know it specifically refers to real estate? So when it says, Amar Mar, Shavak Kesev, Malamit She'en based in his company, Malamit Chazam She'en Shlomachrais, that based in specifically going, will only involve themselves with payment, collecting from something where there's, from real estate. It's called She'en Shlomachrais. I've said one shot in the past, but it means because it's something that a lien transfers onto, you can insure it, whatever your, 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 your the other thing is that it's tough people to re- rely on it, because you can hide metaltalin. So people are willing to do business with other people that they know they can come back and get your car because you can't hide it. 
means that it 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 it, it is it's something that that is there's a, there's a responsibility associated with it. Meaning you have people not so the people use it as a form of protection because they know they can go after where you can't rely on your money in the bank because tomorrow that money might not be there anyway. But my mashma, how do you see that the word shavakesa specifically refers to but uh, karka? So Amar Rav, uh, Rav Barahun explains it. He says, We know that there is a prohibition in the Torah of fraud, meaning that you're not allowed to charge more than a six, or a six or more, not more than six, a six or more, either you're not allowed to uh, sell or, 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 or buy, if it's a six more than the market price. That does not apply by real estate. Real estate is not subject to laws of no. Now there's a Shiloh in the, in the, in the Rishonim, is it up to 50% or maybe there's not at all, but that law of no doesn't apply over Talton. Why? Because the understanding is by real estate, whatever person's willing to pay for it, that gives it its worth. Why? Because it's all about what the location means to me. So therefore, that's why it's not subject to, there's a standard market on, 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 on cars, on widgets, and because there is it, you know, but because it can be taken in, but look, look, when it's by location, location, there's no own no, right? That's the understanding. So therefore, so shove kesef means shove kol kesef, something that's worth any amount of money, that's why it specifically refers to real estate, the expression shove kesef. So amra bara ulo davra shove kol kesef. Says the Gemara, mind you, and what Shavakol Kesev? Davish no, means there's no fraud. Whatever you pay for it, that's the side. You can't come back and say, oh, I pay too much or you pay too little. Gemara says, but that's not necessarily true, specifically to Karka. We know that Avodim and Shtaros, ever Kanani or a Shtar is a legal document, like an IOU, would also have the same halacha that Onar doesn't apply. So therefore, how do you know the word Shavakesev specifically refers to Karka? Because there's no laws of Onar, there's no fraud associated with the price. But then it's not true just by karka. There's other things that it applies to as well. What about our bottom stars? Not me, no. So El Amar Rabba Bar Ulo Davra Niknebekesim. What it means, Shavakesim means uh, the word Shavakesim means something that its primary force of, 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 of acquisition is through Kesim. Now that doesn't apply by Metaltalin because Metaltalin you have to do Mesira, you have to do Mashicha, not Kesim. Kesim is Karka. The word says the same thing, but Abadim and Shtaris also go through Kesim. They don't go uh, because it's actually learned from Karka. So therefore you have the same problem. So the word says like this: Abadim and Shtaris Nami Niknebekesim. So El Amar Ravashi, final answer, Shava Kesev, Loka Kesev. What it means is like this. All metaltalin, one of the unique uh, uh, aspects of, of money is liquidity. Right? Kesev is liquidity. Now, what, what creates liquidity also is mobility. The fact that I can take my money and I can go anywhere with it, that is a huge characteristic of Kesev. All movable objects share that with money. Right? Whether it's a slave, whether it's a legal document, I can take it to wherever I want. So therefore, they all have the aspect of kesev. The only thing that does not have that aspect of kesev, where you have mobility, is what? Is karka. So it's shava, it's like kesev, but it's not actually kesev, as opposed to all other metalton share that main uh, consideration like kesev and not as, as opposed to karka. That's why shava kesev is uniquely a word that is associated, at least in this context, to karka as opposed to any other thing. So what it says like the shava kesev, the kesev, it's like money, but it's not, it doesn't have mamash have the main characteristic of kesev, vahani kulu, and all these things, avodim, shtaros, all metalton, kesev, and they mamash have the main characteristic of because they are, there's mobility. Okay, now, 
So Morris says like this, fine. So okay, you've explained to me why the word Shavu Kesev applies to real estate. But now we're going to ask about the actual, go to the heart of the halacha. The halacha seem to say that when, when, when uh, uh, Mazag and Anizah come to court, the base then are going to collect from the damages specifically with real estate. That's what we're saying. But we know that that's not true. We had a drusha, we learned, by the case of a bar. It says over there, Kesev Yoshev Labalav. As you pay back the value, you have to pay back the Kesev. Bala bar Yashalem Yashalem. Kesev Yoshev Labalav. We learned that extra clause teaches me. Why does it say Kesev Yoshev Labalav? To teach me Shavakakesev You can even pay animal food back. So what are you telling me? We only collect in real estate. Right? We collect even in, uh, in, in widgets. It doesn't have to be. So the one says like this. I said, Rabbi, later, Yehudah, Rechidah, Nola, Rav, Huna, Barei, Rav, Yeshua, Tana, Lent, and Abraisa, Shavet, Kesef, Melamet, Sheein, Beis, Neskaf, and Ela, the Nechassim, Sheyesh, Rulahen. We just said now. So this is the, the Rami, uh, I'm sorry, Rami Rav Yehuda Bar Rav Huna. Rav Yehuda Bar asked the following contradiction to Rav Huna Rav Yeshua. What's the question? We just learned now this brisa that said, what does Shavu Kesef mean in our Mishnah and in the brisa? We learned, that based in only collect for damages from real estate. So what is it like this? Vatanya, what we learned earlier in the Masechta, we had the brisa said that, what do you learn by Bar Kesef Yashiv Labala? What does Yashiv teach me? The Rav Shavu Kesef, that means all things that are valued are worth money. I feel a subin, you can even pay subin, you can even pay bran, which is animal food, can be used to pay back damages. So how do you tell me it's only real estate? So the Mordek says, the Mordek now does an about face. The Mordek says, you're right. In our Mishnah, when it says only real estate can be used, we're not talking about for a regular case of damages. You're towards the bottom of your dollar of base. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when you collect from the estate of the mazik. The mazik caused damage. Now you have to go to the asom, you have to go to the orphans who stay. That's where Basting put a rule that you can only collect from Karka. Because they don't have liability on their metallic. The metallic doesn't become li- only the owner. So what it says like this. Hakamayaskinan Bayasmi is talking about the estate. It's talking about that where the mazik died and now the Nizik has to go collect from the estate. It can only be from real estate. That means you don't have they don't have real estate, you don't get paid. Was it one second? But it's difficult because we just learned it said over there. Okay, the base then will take a But it says, but if the mazik went, I mean the nizak went and grabbed. He made a grab and he grabbed the taltalin based in allowed. But that if it's talking about yisomim, you can't grab yisomim. You can't grab the taltalin from yisomim. So as my eba, you ask me. So if it's talking about after when it's the estate, the yisomim, I must say, but say the second ruling, second half of the the last part of the ruling on the brisa. In kadam nizak v'talas v'taltalin, he went and he seized the taltalin based in govin lomeh. The Basin take the Basin will allow him to collect his damages from the metaltalin. But Iba Yasmin, am I based in government? You don't do that from your soulmen. So can't be talking about your soulmen. So Gmora says like this: is that actually this type of question was uh, was what was, was raised if uh, uh, <coughs> and presented to Rav Nachman and Rav said over in the name of Rav Nachman the way Rav Nachman explained it is the seizure was done before the mazik died I mean what happens is they didn't go to Basin yet and the mazik was still alive 
Then Nezeb went and grabbed metaltalin, then the mazid. Under that circumstance, we allow him to hold on to the metaltalin. That's the case. Shetafaz Michayim. That's how, that was another scenario, similar type of question, and that's the way Rav Nachman explained it. So we'll say the same thing over here. In our, in, in, in our Mishnah too, we're talking about, it's Yash, it's Solim. So why is there a seizure allowed to be held on to? So talking about Shetafaz Michayim, but it was grabbed when the, 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 the Nizak or the creditor grabbed it while the debtor was alive. Okay, let's go back to it. Bifnei Beistin. It says that it has to happen in front of a court of law. Now, the Gemara is going to uh, want to understand what, what, what does this mean, right? It says that, uh, that you, the, the collection that is made, right, has to be in front of a, a, a court of law. So what is this excluding? I mean, of course it has to be in front of a court of law. Meaning, you don't get paid unless you go to Basin. So you don't get, you, you can't, so what does it mean that the, that the, that the, the, uh, that the Nizak has to go to Basin to collect in front of Basin? So what it says, I'll tell you what it's coming to tell me. This is a big Kiddush. What it's saying is, and the one is going to shoot it down right away. The one is going to say is that we're talking about a situation where the Nizak or the creditor, what if they come, by the time to, they come to Basin, the debtor or the Mazik already sold off his assets. So now, the, 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 the real estate or the assets they want to collect for are no longer presented in front of Beistin because they don't exist. So it says, so I mean, Bifnei Beistin means that what we're saying, you can only collect in, if, if, if the assets are presented in front of Beistin that he still holds on to them. But if he doesn't hold on to them anymore, then what? Then you cannot... Uh, you cannot go and, and collect. It's like, almost like a, a filing for bankruptcy that the, 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 that the debtors cannot come, come after you, right? So it says like this. So it says, So it's telling to exclude the case that if he sold of his property in the basin, so that he did not present them in front of basin, you cannot collect them. So Gemara says, Shema, uh, so Gemara says that, that is completely wrong. Why? Because the whole idea that we know about encumbered property, Meshubadim, what a Meshubadim, that if you... Uh, lend money to someone at the time of the loan he had properties even if at the time you come to collect he no longer has those properties but the event put a lien on the properties which allow you to do what? Yeah, so right. So therefore, that's so that's sure. And so the same thing really will apply by Nazakin. What's the event that puts the lien on the property? The damage, right? So at the time of the damage, the guy had the problem. He now tries to sell them up because he's trying to. Uh, that shouldn't. That won't help, right? Right. Someone says like this. Lachora. <coughs> so it says it more like this. So lachora. Shmami no lava umalchor nechaz v'agav bar lebeistin ain't beistin gold man. You're gonna tell me if a guy borrows money and then sells it, <coughs> and then you go to beistin, the beistin can't collect from. Of course not. That's not the halacha. Ella, so that's not the shot. So what does it mean, if made based? It's got nothing to do with was the real estate there or not at the time. That's what it means. Ella, but the based in a judge means that in order to adjudicate damages, you need to have a real based in, a based in of experts. It means there are things like we have like, like, you can't go like three people like we do Hataras uh, you know, You need to have, that's what it means. In order to adjudicate, you have to have based in, means they have to be ordained. You have to have ordained judges. To, uh, to, to, to rule on something like that. That means, that's what it means. We'll see if it means ordained or not, but it has to be people that are experts. Practical basically, you'd exclude commoners. Don't have commoners. Then you're gonna have big problems with that. We don't allow that to happen. Out the Aiden. It says it has to be in front of Aiden. 
So what does that mean, al piedim? So now the Gemara now opens up a whole sugya that we're going to discuss. Now, let, let, let's, let's talk about this for a moment. There is, in terms of paying for uh, damages, right, even in today's court of law, there's, there's damages that are compensatory and there's damages that are punitive, right? What's the difference between compensatory and punitive? So compensatory is you cause the guy a certain amount of damage, right? Yeah, punitive means usually it's above and beyond. Above and beyond, we're gonna three times, like three times the damages will make you pay. Like that's almost like creating a that it shouldn't happen again, or so society should learn to be careful. So therefore, there's punitive and there is compensatory. Now, one of the basic halachas between punitive and compensatory is that the Torah does allow for motive knas. If somebody comes to Beistin on his own, he doesn't have to get, and he's not schlepped into Beistin, he doesn't deny it, but he comes in on his own before and he admits. We don't assess him with punitive. We can still, on his own word, we can assess him on the, on the compensatory damages, but we don't yeah, assess yeah, him al piatzmo, right. Which now, for example, so if somebody was a ganav, right? So now if you take him to Beistin, you take him to Beistin, he's gonna pay Kerem and Kefal. You have to pay double. If he runs to Beistin and he says, you guys, Yashon is coming, he'll we'll only make on his word, we'll make him pay. Now there is a mach locus that we're going to learn later on in the Mesechta, is what happens if a person came to Beistin and was Moda, and then the, uh, the, 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 the damaged party or the victim brings Edom. This means uh, that Moda beknas ve'acherkach bo Edom. There's two ways you could look at it. Number one is, we cannot hold you to pay punitive damages if it's based only on what you're saying. But if subsequently Adam show up, should you have to have then you should pay the knas because now it's not, we don't need your words to hold you. Or you could say is no, it's a blanket, it's blanket rule. Once you admit, if you got in there before the Adam, then what do I call it, double jeopardy? The bottom line is there's no, we can't reopen the case. We don't go and reopen the case. You get the Karen, you don't have to pay the Kful. And if Adam show up, too bad. All right, everybody here. That's machlokus. Now, what the one wants to suggest over here that it says that you that you pay al pi edim. You have to pay al pi edim. What what is the chiddush of that? Of course, you pay al pi edim. So, what the more suggests, it means like this. It means it can only be al pi edim. It has to be dafka al pi edim. But if he himself was moda. And then the Adim came. At that point, it wasn't only I'll be the Adim. It was not only I'll be the Adim. So therefore, it's teaching you that if you motivate Knaz of Achmad the Adim, you'd be Potter. Maybe that's the clause. That's what the Moors are suggesting. That's what the clause is coming to teach me. Again, everyone understand. Of course, you pay I'll be Adim. Of course, that's what you pay. So what is no, no? Tell me, it has to be all. Means there cannot be, have been an admission at all. If there was an admission and only then the Adim came, then Taka wouldn't be I'll be Adim because there was an admission first. So in such a case, you would be Potter. So that's what, it, that's what it's teaching me. So when it says, Shmami, no. So from this, it's coming to teach me. I'm sorry. So therefore, Ben Be'edim, Prat, what's coming to exclude of the case is Lamochon Echosov. And then afterwards, Lamochon Echosov. 
no, 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 no. I skipped. I'll be Adam. I skipped. I went back. I'll be Adam. Prat lemoda beknas. It's talking about a case where he was moda beknas. Vaacha bo Adam. But then the Adam showed up. Shehu potter. He'd be potter because it's not only I'll be Adam. That that right. So the more says like this. But then that. But there was a big. There's a big machlokas. That's a big debate. And now if that's a big debate, then why don't? Why wasn't this a raya? Then our Mishnah should be a raya like one of the sides. What's the other side gonna do? It's machlokas. I'm a rayan. How can an Amora argue? That's the shot in our Mishnah clearly identifies Mordechai Knazar Ba'edim is Potter. What about the Shita that holds Mordechai Knazar Ba'edim is Chayyim? How are they going to learn the Mishnah? Somebody says like this: This only works. But what about the opinion that holds that Mordechai Knazar Ba'edim Taka is Chayyim? What are you going to do? How are you going to explain the Mishnah? So says, my, uh, so therefore like this, so Michael and Neymar, huh? says, you're right. The way you have to do, I'll P. Adam cannot be teaching me that clause, right? because that clause is not correct. Means that I'll P. Adam cannot be to the exclusion of when he was motive first, because even if he's motive first, he would have to pay if Adam show later. So what's the Kiddush? I'll P. Adam is, it's really connected to the other two clauses. It says, I'll P. Adam, that are Bnei Bris and Bnei Chorin. Means, I'll be Adam on its own, it's not a standalone clause. It says you need to have Adam. What kind of Adam do you need to have? They have to be free people and they have to be Bnei Bris. That's how you read it. Means the Adam is connected, it's not standalone. It's connected to the next two clauses. That's the type to teach me what kind of Adam that we need. Right? Everyone clear what it's doing? So what it says like this. It's really the, the second part, the late, latter part of the, of, the, of, of the Mishnah is what the Alpi Adam is there for. Bnei Chorin, that these Adam have to be Bnei Chorin or Bnei Bris. All right, now, what does Bnei Chorin Bnei Bris mean? Bnei Chorin means Lemuel Tehavodim. Or and. And, they have to be both. Bnei Chorin means to exclude, they cannot be ever Kanani. And Bnei Bris is teaching me Lemiyute Ovid Kuchavim. They cannot be Ovid Kuchavim. Now, but Srich, and you need to exclude both explicitly. Why could you not learn one out from the other? So where it's like this: Diash mean an Evid, because if I only said Evid, means you cannot use an Evid Knani. I would have thought. By the way, the 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 the, 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 the Mefarshim explained over here is well, all we know. All t- every case of Adam has to be. Jews and have to be, cannot be ever Canaan. Why do you have to tell me this over here? So I want to say like, things like this. You know, by we have by a Naguna, by a woman that her husband was lost in war, or whatever. We make special leniencies because never. What are you going to do? Right? You know, so but you can't plan aiding for such an event. So you might have thought the same thing. A Nezek happens. You know, it's, Chances are, you know, not going to have Kasha Adim standing around when the Nezak happens. You might have thought to help the Nezak, we, uh, we open up the pool of who you allow to come and testify like we did for the Aguna. Kamash Malan, no, there is no opening up the pool. Now, the one who wants to know, but why do you have to teach me both? Why can't one be learned from the other? Because if you only told me you cannot use an Evid Knani, I would have thought an Evid Knani is worse than an Evid Yechavim. Why? Because an Evid Ein Lechais, we've said this before, Ein Yachas, there's no lineage. At least by an Evid Yechavim, there is lineage. He's connected to his father. In fact, the laws of incest apply by Evid Yechavim. They don't, they, there's a, so therefore, you have to understand why that connects to Edus a little better, but, but that's not for now. But the point is, so therefore, he's better, and Evid Yechavim is better on some level than an Evid Knani because at least he has lineage. So therefore, since he has lineage, you might think, therefore, you could, if you're going to be lenient, you could allow an Evid Kanani, uh, you could allow an Ovid Kachavim to testify, even though we understand we don't allow a, an Evid Kanani. 
So therefore, maybe he's not excluded. Now we will be lenient and let him do it. That if you tell me only that a guy can't do it, I would say, you know what? Maybe the guy in certain levels, yes, he's better that he has yichus, but on the other hand, he's not chayv in any mitzvahs. Right? At least not chayv in the mitzvahs like an Evaknani. An Evaknani has mitzvahs like... An isha, so therefore mishum delo shach b'mitzvus. Aval ever the shach b'mitzvus. Maybe we're more lenient. So emaloi. So that's where it comes up. There's no leniencies at all. You need to have avodim that are bnei chayrim and bnei bris. Now the last. Uh, uh, then, then we said nashim bechlal anezet. Then we said women are included in the laws of damage. It means we don't dis- make distinctions when it comes to laws of damages. Men and women are equal, both in the terms of paying them. And them paying, oh. right? That, that's the simple shot. Now, says well, How do we know that that is true? How do we know that that is true? That there is equality by damages. So when says, "I'm going to rob," we're going to have three different sources, right? We'll see why we need them. But time to be Rabbi Yishmo. We find by the laws of certain averas, carbon ashram. It's talking about specifically chatas. We find certain averas that have certain punishments associated there with them when you do it b'mezid. What's the halacha when you do it b'shogeg? All right, you bring you bring korbanos. It's a kapora. You have to bring an asham. In some cases you have to bring a chatas. And the pasuk says that the isha isha kiasa we call chatos. If they do any of these pre-mentioned averos, they have to bring a korban for kapora. So we see that when it comes to the laws of atonement, which is a byproduct from the laws of punishments for averos is that, that for the punishments and for the, 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 the atonements, we're equating men and women. So therefore, the says, therefore, that can become the prototype that then for the laws of damages, also, also we should equate men and women. For all punishments, we equate a men and women. Not for all mitzvahs, because we know mitzvahs are seishas man gromo. But for punishments, men and women are equal. So therefore, so therefore, therefore, on some level, damages is also a form of punishment. Men and women are going to be equal. That's the source number one. Source number two. The Rei Rav Lozatana says, "Ve'ela mishpatim ashetasim lifnehem." The laws of mishpatim, all the financial laws, all the halachas, the beginning of parshas mishpatim, all the monetary laws begins. Ela hamishpatim ashetasim lifnehem. Plural. What does plural incorporate? You shall place before them, them the Jewish people, men and women alike. It's all of monetary halachas apply men and women alike. They all have the same judgments. Men and women are judged equally. Now, all right, that's all the civil laws, okay? That's, 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 uh, that's source number two. Source number three. We have a situation specifically, it's talking about when a person owns an ox, all right, and it's a shura muad, and it gets out and it kills a man or woman. Kills a man or woman. The halacha in such a case is you have to pay kofer. Kofer is a certain atonement that needs to pay, right? It's as if you, you're, you, it's an extension of you murdered someone, extension of you killed somebody, you need an atonement. You have to pay a certain amount of atonement. Now the Pazak says over there, the hamis isha isha, that it doesn't matter whether your ox killed a man or your ox killed a woman, either way, all right? 
the atonement payment needs to be made. And that, it becomes a prototype for all in cases where a, a, a man or a woman, a man, a man is killed, the, the, the woman, well, there's no difference in terms of the restitutions associated, the atonements, all the laws are the same. So you have here three different areas that are viewed as being the prototype that could be used to teach me that men and women are equal in terms of laws of damages. But says more about Tzrich, we actually need all three. You cannot learn any one or two out of the third one. You need all three. Why? If you had the first one, I would have thought like this. What's the first one? That men and women are equal for bringing the carbonus for doing certain averis. So I would have thought like this. You know why? Because it could be, because allowing the people to bring carbonus actually is a, is, is, a, is a benefit. Why is it a benefit? You can get kapara. So maybe that's where we equate them to allow women to get the same level of atonement as we would allow the men. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu took, uh, took pity on her. She gave her a full atonement. But if you're talking about straight up monetary laws, then I would say there's a reason to say that men deal in the business world, right? And therefore, men are more astute when it comes to the laws of money. So therefore, all the monetary laws apply specifically to men, you could have argued, but don't apply to women. So therefore, men who are involved in business, so therefore, the laws apply to. So therefore, you would not have been able to learn the laws of the, of, of the kapora for the korbanis, that men and women are equal, you would not have been able to apply it to all monetary laws. Biyash men didn't if you only had the from Mishpatim, that men and women are equal in monetary laws, what would I have said? You know why? Because if a woman is not responsible for the same judicial process and system when it comes to monetary laws, no one's going to want to do business with them. Because they're not subject to the same laws. So you could argue that their men and women are equal because should they should be able to sustain herself. She should be able to have a livelihood because otherwise people are going to be afraid to do business. She can just carte blanche. She's covered no matter what she does. She rips you off. There's no, right? So therefore, that about kapara, however kapara, maybe ish bar mitzvah, man who is chayv in the full, all full, all the, the, the full brunt of all the mitzvahs, means even Mrs. Asesha's man grandma, so therefore, maybe that's where there's also additional kapara, there's a kapara. But women of the ish the labas mitzvah, who are not chayv in all mitzvahs, even though the ones we're talking about specifically, the losa says that come from those that would be chayv, but I mean, since there's a much broader maybe there, since we see the Torah as a whole, there's one of all mitzvahs, they're also more lenient than they don't have to bring korbanas either for the Avairus, maybe. Now, if you had the first two, korpara by the korbanas and the monetary laws, you would have said, So each one has its own reason why you could argue it's included. One to give a kapara, one to be able to give a livelihood. But for the cases where your ox kills a man, maybe it's different killing a man and killing a woman. Maybe the, atone, the punishment, the, the financial restitution of the kapara is only made by killing a man. Maybe not by killing a woman. Why would I have thought that? Where a man, you took away a man that's hired in much greater amount of mitzvahs. So maybe the Torah says, with that you have to to pay. You took up uh, the life of a woman that does not have that same extent of chiyuv and mitzvahs. Maybe you don't have to pay in such a case. That we have to pay the kofar payment to his uh, his uh, his descendants. But isha maybe loy. But isha and kofar. Now, if you only had the kofar, 
And I'll tell you why. Death, I mean, you listen, never, the woman is killed. I understand restitution has to be made. So, there's a loss of life. But where you only have, but the other two, which don't involve loss of life, right, that involves uh, carbon or monetary matters. So, maybe we don't have such leniency. So, therefore, all three collectively teach me there's no difference between men and women. The outcome is, therefore, the laws of damages also, there's no difference between. Men and women. Now, last piece of the Mishnah. Now, this basically means that there are certain cases of damages that both men, that, that both the Mazik and the Nizak are giving a portion to the payment. Now, that needs to be understood. Usually, who do we understand pays? The Mazik pays. So what do you mean that there's a case where the Nizak is paying as well? Now, let me step back for a moment and tell you a very important Machlokas. There is a Machlokas, we've touched on this a couple times before, Pchatsi Nezik, okay, of a Tam. There's two huge uh, uh, contradictory positions on how to understand, a big Machlokas, what the Pshat in Pchatsi Nezik, why is it only half damages? Let's go through them. One opinion says, I'll tell you, is that an ox, until it's gored three times, it's become habitual, really the, the chazoka, the chazoka is that this is a safeguarded item. This is something you don't, there's an expectation, the, like, the presumption is it's not gonna damage, all right? And therefore, technically, until the third time, you could argue that maybe that the mazik should not have to pay. Why should he not have to pay? Because it hadn't become habitual yet. He hadn't become, he, he was, it wasn't, a, and therefore maybe he shouldn't have to pay. The Torah says, you know what? We have to protect society over here. And therefore, we want you to pay attention, even though technically you might not have to, and therefore we're not gonna make you pay the full amount because technically you should not have to pay anything. But at least 50% you're gonna be paying Chatzinezek as a uh, knas. It'll be a knas. It's a penalty. Why is it viewed as a penalty? Because really the din should be, you don't have to pay. But we're cutting with this. This is a preemptive penalty that we put on that you should know that you'll keep a better eye, even in a case, because we're worried about society. At the end of the day, it's an ox. Right, that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is, no, there's really no, you, you can't argue that until it becomes habitual, you don't have to worry. This is a wild animal, this is an ox, all right? This is not an, this is an, an I mean a wild animal, but even a domesticated, at the end of the day, it's a behemoth, all right? And therefore, you really should be watching it, whether you were warned the third time or you were not warned, it doesn't matter, you should be watching it. And therefore, technically, you should be paying full, even from the get-go. Everybody with me, right? However, the, Kodesh Baruch Hu has some Rachmanas. Since you haven't been warned yet until number, case, until number three, you're given a discount on the payment. So really what should you have paid? You should have paid the whole thing. You should have paid the whole thing. But we're giving you a discount. Now, what's the terminology here? Do we say the Chatzin Nezek is Knas? If you call it Knas, you should have paid zero, but we're giving you a 50% penalty to make sure that it doesn't happen. And if you hold that it's called mamon, mamon means you really should have paid 100%, but we gave you, we gave you a 50% discount. Now, let's step back for a moment. In the circumstance where we're talking about the mazik and the nizak over here. Now, if you call it mamon, 
if you call it mammon, right? Really, the nizak should have got to pay the full amount. But now he's taking one for the team. HaKadosh Baruch Hu on his cheshbon is saying, eh, you know what, I'm only going to make him have to pay 50%. So he really, the discount is coming at whose expense? At the nizak. So the nizak is contributing to the payment as well. So what is going to say, so the, 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 the easiest answer to say, what does it mean that the mazik and the nizak contribute to the payment? That works very well if you hold chatzin nizak is mamon. Because his 50% discount is contributing to the payment. But it doesn't work according to the opinion holds chatzin nizak is knas. Because according to chatzin nizak is knas, really he should have got zero. So he can't say I'm contributing to the cause. I'm not contributing nothing to the cause. I'm, I'm benefiting where I should not have been. So can't be talking about Chatzinezek to explain what the clause of our mission. Again, the clause is that there's a case where the Mazik and the Nezek both contribute to the Tashlumim. We want to know what, what that case is. Let's read it inside. Itmar, it was stated, usually introduces a Machlokus Amaroy. Palganisko, the damage of a chatzinezek, palganisko, a papa amar mamona. It is viewed as a compensation which has in it a built in discount, the way we explained it. Ravuna, Yeshua amar knasa, actually, it is a penalty. It's, comp- it's punitive. It's not compensatory because really, what should have been the payment? Zero. Zero. So, really, it's a 50% penalty that is put on the mazik. Because it has, was not yet habitual. Now, Rapapa, Rapapa holds that it's moment He holds that you cannot assume, even regular oxen, these are animals. You cannot assume presum- that the presumption is that they're not going to damage. And therefore, and really you should have to pay, the law should be, you should have to pay from an incident number one, you should have to pay full damages. Had pity on him, because it still had not become warned, did not become a muad yet, did not get the, the official warning of it being a muad yet, and therefore, instead of paying the full 100%, you only have to pay the 50%. That's according to Rapapa. Rapapa, Rabbi Yeshua Amar, he says, no, Knasa, it is a penalty. Kasava, because his position is until they become habitual, right, you can assume there's a, there's a presumption that they don't cause damage. They're considered in a state of Shimur. Right? You don't have to pay anything. is penalizing him. For societal purposes, you should be watching this animal better in case it does damage. But therefore, it's considered a penalty. Now, let's go back to our Mishnah. And our Mishnah said, that there's cases that the damage part and that the mazik and the nizak are contributing to the payment. Now, Bishloma, now this makes sense. Lemanda Amar Palganiska Mamona, that according to the opinion holds that Chatzin Nezek is Mamon, Rapapa, so therefore, Haina Deshach Nizak Bashlumi. So it's as if the Nizak is contributing to the payment. How is he contributing to the payment? Because you should pay nothing. No, should he should have got 100%, and he's giving the guy 50% down. He's, he's, not he, but, but it's as if he's contributing half to, half, half to the payment. But according to the opinion that holds that it is a knas, so there's, no, there's nothing being contributed. Fakir, he's benefiting from the penalty. So therefore, now what he's getting is not even saying at all. It's not a diskadash lumi, he's not included in the, in, as if he's contributing to the penalty. Because really, he should have got zero. What he gets is a bonus. He's getting a 
penalty. That's not considered contributing to the cause. So therefore, what is the pshat in the that clause in the Mishnah according to the position of Hunabirate of Yeshua? So it says, you're right. I'll tell you what it's referring to. Now let's circle back over here. We learned earlier on Dav Yud, we learned like this. We said that let's say an animal that is uh, uh, damaged, a, an animal damaged uh, another animal that was worth $10,000. And now this $10,000 animal is now worth $2,000, all right? So now, if it's a $2,000 animal, so <coughs> what's the, what's the uh, so therefore, he should either, if, it's a, if it was a muad, he should get the full 8,000. And if it was a uh, tom, right, he should collect $4,000, right? Now, the thing is as follows. Why is it either 8,000 or 4,000? Because there is a residual value still. The nevela, the dead animal, is worth 2,000. Now we said though, the problem is if the animal actually dies, then we know as soon as the animal dies, there starts being devaluation. Why is it devaluate? Because they decomposes, decomposing, right? There's a, there's a devaluation, there's a, what are the word in, 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 in uh, building terms? Depreciation, uh, right now. Depreciation, there's depreciation. Now, the question is, whose cheshben is that on? Who takes the hit of it? So let's say the case, let's set up the case. The case was that it was at the time of the death was worth 2,000. By the time the verdict was rendered, this carcass now is only worth $1,500. So we learned earlier, we, burned, we based it on uh, different psukim, but we said that, that the din is that depreciation is on the cheshman of the nizak, which means that the mazik only has to pay him $8,000 or $4,000. The fact that now the carcass is only worth $1,500, he eats, he eats the five, the nizak does. Says the word, that's the case, that's what it's referencing over here, that when we say the Nizak is contributing to the payment. How is he contributing to the payment? He's contributing he to the payment because he's losing the depreciation. That's his chalik of what he's contributing. That's how you can explain it according to Rabunu Ibrahim Yeshua that couldn't explain it the first version on the case of Chatzin Nezak Knas. Okay, that's what we say. So says the Gemara. So Gemara says, Lenitzrocha el Pras Nevela. So Gemara says like this, one second. Pras Nevela, why does this clause here have to be teaching me the din of Pras Nevela? Ha Tanaresha. We already had a clause that says that you have to pay Tashlume Nezek. With more Darshan, they have to pay Tashlume Nezek, you have to be Mashlim. We already brought a, 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 a clause in an earlier Mishnah that taught me that Melamedja, we learned Tashlume Nezek. What do you learn from the clause that says Tashlume Nezek? You have to make up for the damages. From there we learn that the owner, the Nizak, is responsible for dealing with the carcass. We already learned that before. So one says like this, now you need two sources. One to teach me that that's the din by a Tom, and one to teach Mu'ad. me that that's the din by a Mu'ad. Chadav a Tom, v'chadav a Mu'ad. Why? Why do I need it by both cases? Where it says, because there's arguments both ways. But tzricha, it's necessary. The iash mean on tam, because if you taught it to me specifically in the case of the tam, I would have said like this. You know, because Lemaisa, who, who, uh, who's benefiting from the fact that the nizak has to take care of it? The mazik. The mazik is benefiting. So I would tell you like this. I would tell yeah, you, by the case of a tam, you know why we give him that 
little perk because the my lines of patam it hadn't been pre-warmed it hadn't been so therefore because it had not yet become a mu'ad right and especially it's going in the sheet now of Rabbunah this answers for Rabbunah Rabbi Shur that he holds that it's a knas so therefore the bottom line is so therefore aval mu'ad but if it would be a mu'ad they should they throw the book at him throw the book at him means what he also should be taken care of the carcass so the emeloi so therefore you don't get that perk I've only told him and you could argue the other way around. You're already making him pay full. Since you're already making him pay full, so no, and why make it? I, yeah, no, no, you're right. Why make him have to take on the additional responsibility of the But by Chatsi Nezek, where he's uh, where he's not made by Tom, maybe then he should take it on. So therefore, yes, when a muad mishum to kamashal and kuli, he's already paying the whole thing. So maybe he shouldn't have to pay the extra. About Tom Emaloi, you don't say that. Maybe there he should have to take care of the let the mazik take care of it. In both cases, both by Tom and muad, we don't say either svara and the one that's responsible for taking care of the nevela. The depreciation is on the nizak. That's the chiddush. Okay, let's go on. So we're now going to spend. And uh, we're going to have to continue with this tomorrow. We'll see exactly what we're going to do for tomorrow. But the bottom line is the more now is going to argue with go go bring proofs for this machlokus. Is Chatsi Nezek Knas or is Chatsi Nezek Mamon? Right? Someone says like this, Toshima, come and listen. It says, Ma Bain Tam Lemuad. It says like this, we have a Mishnah. This is a Mishnah that's below on Daf Tazayan, Tazayan and Beis. What's the difference in terms of halachas between associated with the Tam and a Muad? Shatam Shalom Chatzinezek Megufa. First of all, Tam is only half damages and it's capped. What is it capped by? The half damages that you caused, the Nizah, cannot be more than the value of the animal of the Mazik. It's from the Gufa, that's right. Whereas the Muad Shalom Nezek Shalom in Aliyah, you have to pay full damages. And Aliyah means even from the best of his properties. It means it's not limited to what the Mazik's Sure was worth, it's, it's, you take full value from anything of his estate, it goes towards the payment. Now, as the more like this, now, if you hold in Esau, if in fact you hold like Rabun Rebbe Yeshua, that Chatsi Nezek is a Knas, then you have another difference. What's the difference? We just said earlier today that what happens if you admit on a Knas? More of a Knas, you don't have to pay it. But if you were on Mammon, you would have to pay. Here's another difference, right? Why is it not given? It only gives this difference. Why don't you give another difference? That by Tom, if you're Moida, you're Potter. But if, but by, by, right? By Muad, if you're Moida, you're Chai. That's it. No, that, oh, but that, that would be a difference. But that's only a difference if you're Chatzinezek is Knas. If you're Chatzinezek is in Mammon, then there's no difference. And the fact the Mishnah doesn't give us a difference shows you that that's not a difference. That's the point. So Moad says, like the Vim Esau, listening to Ho, so you should say the same thing. Tom, Anna, Mashalom, Al Piyatma. By Tom, you don't pay on your own admission. Whereas Moad, Mashalom, Al Piyatma. So Moad says the standard answer. Ton of a shot. It's not an exhaustive list. Now, what's always the follow-up question? It's not as good. What is it? What is the other case? My shire, the high shire, says the Gemara, then what was left out? That that also is left out. Says the Gemara, shir chatsi kofer. I'll tell you what was left out. What was left out is half kofer. Meaning like this, is that the din is that a muad, if your animal kills somebody, then you have to pay kofer. All right? There is no din if your animal kills, uh, your, that's by a muad. But if your tom kills someone, right? So in such a case, you don't even pay, there's, not even, there's no chatzik, there's no kofer, it's not a chatzik. It would be a chatzik kofer, but it's no difference really because one nezik shalom, one chatzik nezik. But no, there's no kofer at all. So therefore, that's the second thing that was 
left out, right? Now, the way Tosav has explained this is that now it's problematic because now it comes out, there's two things left out. There's the case, what's left out is that A, is that Mordeknas, uh, you'd be potter by Chatzi Nezek, we're saying, and the second thing was left out is that there's no Chatzi Kofer. But if you hold like, Rav Papa, uh, like Rav Papa, that, most, that it's Mamon, so now it comes out only Chatzi Kofer, you only have one thing left out. So you have to explain according to him, why is only one thing being left out? So that's how Tosh explains the transition here. So Moses is like this, no, it's not a problem. Because Imishum Chatzi Kofer, because Chatzi Kofer, you could argue is not being left out. Lav Shira, that's not being left out. Because there is the sheet of Rabbi Yosei Aglili, Rabbi Yosei Aglili holds, just as by Muad you pay a, Nez- a Kofer Shalem, by time, you might, and therefore it's not considered left out. And that would help the position of Rav Papa. Ha'amani Rabbi Yosei Aglili, Ta'amatam Shalem Chatzi Kofer. Let's go weiter. Toshimah, come and listen. Good morning, Suvis. Good morning, says like this in Suvis. It says that Hamish um, Shoyri is ploini. Someone comes to Basin and he testifies. He says, "My ox killed a certain individual." Oshorosh ploini, or my ox killed a uh, another person's ox. So harezem meshalem alpi atzmo. He has to pay based on his own on his own testimony, his own admission. Now, the case of Hamish Shari is Ploni. The Gemara is assuming right now is his question is: Are we not talking about even if it's a case of Tom? Now, if it's talking about a case of Tom, it's difficult because he's being Moda. And if he's being Moda, Lachora, why would he be Chayev if Moda beknas must be that Chatsi Nezek? Or Chatsi Kofer, if you hold like Rabbi Yosef Lili, must be that what in these cases, it's not considered to be uh, uh, Knas, it's considered to be Mammon. It's a Kasha, in the opinion, the whole Chatsi Knas is, is, is Chatsi uh, Nezek is, is, is Knas. So he says, We're not talking about Adim. He says, He's talking, Hey, Miss Shori is flown. He's not talking about Adim. If it's Adim, why do you have to say he admitted? It's only because he admitted. So Gemara says, Lo, it's Bamuad. It's no proof. We're not talking about a Tom over there. We're talking about a Muad. A then everybody agrees that it's Mama and it's not a problem. So Aval Tom says, So then what would be the ruling? If you want to learn that that, it's, I think it's a Mishnah. That Mishnah in Ksuvas is talking about, uh, there's a Mishnah of Bryce, I'm not sure. A Mishnah. If that Mishnah is talking about a Muad, then what would be the ruling by Tom? It actually would be saying, Tom, you would not be high if, if it's your Tom. The problem is, So then if so, take a look at the end of that Mishnah. What is the end of the Mishnah? The first part of the Mishnah wants to tell me when you will be Chayev. The second part of the Mishnah is giving examples where you, your admission, you will not be Chayev. So what does it say? It says, it says like this, um, uh, uh, It says, My shore killed someone's Evid. Now, a shark killing an Evid where it's 30 Sloyim, everyone agrees that that's not Mammon. Because 30 Sloyim is, is, is usually very, it's much more than the Evid is worth. So therefore, so 30 Sloyim is Knas. 
So once again, example, but if you said my shark killed someone's ever, then I'll be potter. Because that'll be more of a knas in your potter. Simona says like this, let's analyze this for a moment. The first half of the Mishnah wants to tell me where it's Momon and your Chayim. So it says, my ox killed a person. My ox killed someone else's ox. So you want to say that that's referring to Muad, because Tom, you're saying, would be Knas. Then I want to get an example. What would be an example of Knas? My ox killed someone's Evid. Why do you have to jump to a case of my ox killed someone's Evid? L'chorah, according to what you're holding, the case where you should have said the difference between Muad and Knas, uh, the difference between Knas and Mamon, should have been whether it's a case of Muad or it's a case of Tom. So why do you have to jump from killing a person to killing an Evid? You should have just stuck with killing a person. Just say the difference is, was it an, uh, was it a, uh, or killing an ox? Was it Muad or was it, that's what you should have said. If so, that it's so much specifically Muad, so Adatani Seifa, so then instead of teaching in the second half of that Mishnah, that my ox killed somebody is Eved, so Nain Misham Al Piatma, because the 30 Sloyim of kill for killing an Eved, and, and a short killing an Eved is for sure Knas, so why do you have to come on to that case? Live log Litni Bidi Day, make the distinction in the very case that you had in the Reisha. When is it compensatory and you're chayyah because of your admission? It's dafko and it's a muad. Aval, but if it would have been a tam and you hold chatsi nezek is tam, so then it would have been potter. So therefore, the question is, the fact that the Gemara made that distinct, did not make that distinction between tam and muad, that implies that distinction doesn't exist. And therefore, this would be a good proof that chatsi nezek is mamon and not knas. Everybody with me? Answers the Gemara, no. It could be the Tana was categorizing cases of Muad. The Tana was categorizing cases of Muad. So within Muad, you have the case of also the killing an Evid, you pay 30 only if it's a Muad, not if it's a Tam. So he only wanted to give examples of Muad. He gave example where Hamis Shori, a person, Hamis Shori as uh, another Shore. By Muad, it's all, mom, uh, it's all case of Mamon. How do you want to give a case of Knas? Well, the case of Knas, you cannot go to a case of Tam because that won't be Muad. So a case of Knas, you have to go to another case of Muad. What's the other case of Knas? Killing an Evid. That's why the Tana switched is the killing an Evid because he wants to stay within the category of Muad. He doesn't want to st- switch into a category of Tam. That would explain then you don't have a Kasha according to the Mandam the Chatsi Knas is the Chatsi uh, Nezik is Knas. Sigmara says it could be Kulab Muad Kamairi that that this Tana wants to give only examples of Muad. Okay. Let's go on to the next proof. Tashima, come and listen. Zeaklal. This is the rule. Kola Mashalam Yoisrael Mashahizik. Any time damages are paid greater than the extent of the damage caused. So what do we do? That's a case where you'll not pay on your own admission. Why? Because if you're paying more than your damage, that's a proof that what? That's a knas. So Lachora, that's the statement. All right, this is the rule. If you're paying more than your damage, it must be a knas. The Gemara says Lachora. What does that mean? Let's infer. I, if you're paying less than your damage, so that's mammon. Then we not consider knas. We consider mammon. 
must be chatsi nezek is mama, not knas. That's the more saying me medai from the lotion of the of the of the of the, of the, the Mishnah. It's a zeaklal kolam sham yosel masha hizik and sham viatzma. My love does that not infer that our pachas me masha hizik that you're paying less than your damage? Then it's uh, then mishalim. Uh, you would pay out piatzma on your own admission. Why? Because that would not be considered knas. That's considered mamon. So the says that be a kash on who? The man that says chatsi nezek. It's knas. It's knas. Simona says, loy. It's not a kasha. Because the deal can be like this. Is if you pay more than you yeah. suppose, than you damage, and you're, 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 you're potter when you admit. But the deal is, but if you pay exactly what you damaged, that's the deal. Not if you pay less than you damaged. If you pay exactly what you damaged, then it's not a knas. Meaning, we want to make the deal the other way. We want to say, if you paid more than your damage, it's a knas. Mashmi paid less than your damage, it's mama. No. The deal is like, if you paid more than your damage, it's a knas. But if you paid exactly what you damaged, it's mama. I if you pay less than your damage, it could still be a knas. Right? So therefore, that's, that's how we're trying to make, the deal is not the way you wanted to make it. The deal is, is, is not as extreme. So when it says like this, no, 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 no. Then when it says like this, it could be, as follows. Um, That's not the deal. That means the deal is like this. If you paid more than your damage and you admitted, you won't pay. But if you paid, not if you paid less, if you paid the same, if you admitted, if you pay, if you admitted, and it's the same as you should have, you damaged, the amount is the, you paying what, exactly to what you damaged, then you'd be mishalin. So the mercy so let's keep going. So what would be the logic that you're saying? But if you paid less, then what would you tell me? What would happen if you paid less? Aval pachos my. But if you paid less, hachenami de lo because that also be a knas and you would not pay on your own admission. So the says like this, one second. Then why did the Tana make the class? in that lotion. Why? The Tana shouldn't say, the, the Klal, he said, if you paid more than your damage, it's a knas. So you want to tell me that means, but if you paid the same, it's not a knas, but if you paid less, it is a knas. Then you're not, it's not a seichel dicker way, it's not a logical way of setting the rule. The rule should have been expressed like this. So Iyah, the one says like this, so you tell me, if so, instead of saying, Instead of writing the, the klal in that way, the rule in that way, litany, you should have written the rule like this. This is the rule. That you should have said that if you don't pay exactly what you damaged, then you end a mashal because then it would mashma if you paid above what you damaged or you paid below what you damaged, it's considered to be a knas. Why didn't the Tana write it that way? Why did the Tana only write it in a way that you paid above? That's clearly mashma that if you paid below, then it would not be considered a knas, it would be considered mamon. <coughs> so they lit nizakal koshen mishalom kamash ezik the mashma then it's mashma both pachos umashma yoser so when it says teyufta that's a good kasha and this seems to be a refutation on the opinion that holds that chazi nezek is knas right 
So Moran does something very strange over here. Even though it said it's a teyufta, kilchasa palga nizka knasa, but the halacha is that chatzinezik is knas. One second. Teyufta, the hilchasa. You just ask a teyufta on that opinion. How, then how can you say that's the halacha? But it says in. Yeah, it's correct. Even though we asked a teyufta, but that's still the halacha. Why? Because it's not really a teyufta. What was the teyufta based on? The teyufta based on is why didn't the tana write unequivocally, just say, anytime you don't pay exactly what the damages are, then it's considered to be knas. I'll tell you, the reason he didn't is because there are cases where you pay less and it's not considered knas, it's considered mammon. We're going to come up, we can come up with any case like that, then you couldn't have said the rule that way, because it's not a true rule. You had to say, Dafka, if you pay, uh, if you pay above, it's a knas, because sometimes it could be chatzin as it gets a knas, but there are cases when you pay less, it's not a knas. That's why I couldn't say that. So, Gmarna says like this, in. This is correct. It is, a t- it is the halacha. Why? Because time and my have a What caused you to ask the teyufta? Mishum deloik tani kemoshe hizik. Because your kasha is, then you should have said, if you don't pay exactly what you're damaged, then, then you, then you, then might have a knas should be potter. So because leipsikale, it's not unequivocally. It's not true across the board in all cases. Why? Because there is something that's called tsroros. Tsroros is if your animal, while it's walking, accidentally kicks pebbles and it goes and it breaks something. Now, what should that be? Which out of the, 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 the nizakim should that be? Your animal, while it's walking, kicks a stone and the stone, the pebble goes and breaks something. What should that be? It should be regal. And if it should be regal, like, it's not on purpose, it's not Karen. So if it should be regal, so in the Chora, it should be Nezek Shalem. However, Allah Moshe Sinai is that Throros is Chatzin Nezek. Now that Chatzin Nezek is not Knas. That Chatzin Nezek is Mamon. So since there is a case of Chatzin Nezek being Mamon, even though the Chatzin Nezek of Karen could be that it's Knas, like this opinion. But since there are cases where there is less than the amount, which is Mamon, you could not make a statement that any time you don't pay exactly what it is, it's considered Knas. It's not true. That's why the Tana couldn't have said it in the way that you said to ask the Tiyufta. Because lepsikale, it's not unequivocal, it's not in all cases. Because there is the chatzinezek that comes from tsroros, which is a tolda of regal. Right? That even though it's mamon, we still pay chatzinezek. That's why the Tana didn't write it in that way. He only wrote above. Above is always kanas. There's no case above that's mamon. Below there might be. That's why I never wrote in the case of, uh, in that, the exact. He only wrote in if it's not, if it's, if it's, if it's above, it's kanas. Now, says the Gemara like this. So we've come out now, the Alokha Lemaisa is that Chatzinezek is Knas. Now, Chatzinezek of, of Karen. Karen, what is the unique nature of Karen? Karen is that it's not considered the norm that the animal does it. If you say it's Knas, it's not normal for the animal to do it the first three times, and therefore it's Chatzinezek. Now, in Bovel, where they never had Smicha, Smicha was only in Eretz Yisrael, in the Sanhedrin, so in Bavel, they didn't adjudicate cases of Kanas. They only dealt with cases of Mammon. They did not kill because you needed Smicha to, do, to, to, to adjudicate cases of Kanas. So therefore, they didn't do that. So therefore, Hashta de Amat, now that you've said that Palganiska Knasa, that the rule is that the first three times an animal damages with Karen, it's considered Meshunah, it's considered uh, abnormal, and therefore you only pay Chatzinezek as a Knas. Imri, a dog that ate a lamb, or Shunra, or a cat, 
that ate a rooster or chicken. These are not considered normal behaviors, and therefore it would fit under. It's not. It's not. It's not shame because even though it's eating it for its pleasure, for gratification, but it's not the norm. Since it's not the norm, it really goes under something mishuna, which would be. Karen, and therefore we can't judge those cases in Bavel. So therefore, Meshunahi, it's abnormal. Below Magbin and Bavel, we can't make, can't collect those damages in Bavel. It's only if the lamb was big, or the chicken was big. But if they're small, and therefore the attacking animal is much bigger, that's not considered abnormal, and therefore it would not be a told of Karen in those cases, it would actually be a told of Shane, it'd be the norm, if it's the norm... So then, uh, it's normal, and therefore we would, allow, we would make the collections. Now, even in the cases where it's abnormal, and we don't adjudicate, let's say the Nizak went and on his own, extrajudiciously seized the property of the Mazik, if he seized, then we don't take it away from him. So therefore, if he if he sees the uh, uh, the the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, an item, some say he actually sees the animal that damaged. It's a question exactly what he sees, but he sees something belonging to the mazik. So then, in such a case, we 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 will allow the collection to be made. Let's say the nizuk says like this. The nizuk says, you know what? I personally I, I understand that in Bovel you guys cannot adjudicate such cases because damages that happen in Bavel, you need smicha. But what I want is I want you to organize that in Eretz Yisroel, they should set up a time to make a has- and I'll make a hasmana on this guy that he has to go to Eretz Yisroel, even though it's a huge expense. He has to travel to Eretz Yisroel. Nevertheless, since I cannot adjudicate this case in Bavel, I want this case adjudicated in Eretz Yisroel, says the Gemara. In such a case, normally we would not do that for someone, but since we can't adjudicate it now, we do. We make the set. We set a court case in Eretz Yisrael for this particular situation. Kavin and Lei, Be'iloi Azel, and if the Neza, if the Mazik refuses to go, Mishamtin and Lei will put him in Cherem. Now, Ubeinkach, Ubeinkach, and either way, let's say Ruvain's dog or Ruvain's cat attacked and killed someone else's animal, and we cannot adjudicate it because of the Knas, we will still put them in Cherem automatically until they get rid of the animal. Because it's a menace to society. So even if we cannot adjudicate in terms of making him pay, but we could still safeguard society. We put the guy in Cherem and make him get rid of the uh, attacking animal. So what is it? We put him in Cherem. Adam until he removes the damage. And it's based on the teaching of Rab Nosson. What was Rab Nosson's teaching? The It's prohibited to, a, to raise a vicious dog. You're not allowed to raise a vicious dog in your house. Or al yamid sulam Or to have a shaky ladder in your house. Now, because the person could argue, it's my house. I'm not inviting anybody in here to come. Nevertheless, you're not allowed to have it in your house. You're not allowed to have something that is predisposed to damaging. Not a, not a vicious dog, not a shaky ladder. And how do we know that? Because the positive says, Do not put bloodshed in your house. What's that referring to? What mitzvah? Mako. A parapet. That on your flat roof, you have to build a fence around it. 
so that nobody falls off. So therefore, it's my roof, I can do whatever I want. Don't put bloodshed in your house. And included in that is, you're not allowed to have a vicious dog, you're not allowed to have in it a shaky ladder. Let's see the next Mishnah. So, okay, the Mishnah. Chamisha Tamin v'chamisha Mu'adin. There are five categories of Tam, and there are five categories of Mu'ad. There's a Machlokas in the Gemara how to learn this Mishnah. Rashi learns it like Shmuel, so we will learn it like Shmuel as well. So what are the five cases of uh, of, uh, of Muad, of, of Tam. So one, an animal is not automatically Muad, it's considered Tam for these five types of damages. Low Ligach, not for goring, that's Karen, and the rest of them are told us to Ger. Low Ligach, to body slam, with vicious intent, to body slam, generally an animal will not do. So the first three times, it's again, it's, it's Tam, it's not Muad. Veloshoch is not for biting. Lolirbots and not to squat down purposely to damage something. but not to kick. So those are five things that the animal is tam for. What are the muadim? The animal is muad. Hashein muedes lechelus arawilo. Hashein, an animal is muad to consume anything that it normally consumes. I Meaning consuming something it would not normally consume would not fall under shein because that's not rawly. That's not considered. Alright? Regal muedes lishbor lederachilucha. The regal is muad, it's full damages to damage anything that occurs in its normal gait, to the normal walk that it does. Shora muad, a shora goring ox means an animal's gored at least three times. And if an animal gores, even if it's not a muad, but it's in the rishus of the nizak, also that's considered to be a nezak sholem. That's an example of nezak sholem. For other man is always muad. There's no such thing as chatsi nezak by man. Man from the get-go is muad, other muad le'olam. Okay, now those actually are five. The, the, these are an addition, add-ons. The one's going to ask, why aren't these add-ons included? But hazeev, Somebody raises a, a wolf, Ari, a lion, a dove, a bear, a namer, a uh, leopard, a bartolus, I think it translated as a hyena somewhere, okay. Vahadnachash and a snake, Harei Eilu Mu'adin. Also, if you raise those, even if you've domesticated them, it's still considered to be Mu'ad from the get-go. If they've been domesticated, then they also are not considered muad right away. Except for one, the nachash, a snake, cannot be domesticated. And therefore, it's muad la'olam, it is always considered to be a muad. So the question, very interesting, on the other ones, if they can be considered domesticated or not, that's a machlokist Let's go on. The more asked the following question. The cases of Mu'ad begins with Shane. Shane, it says that a Shane is Mu'edas to, 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 for, to eat things that are, are, are it normally would eat. Now, Shane, you only pay Nezek Shalem if it happens where? Rishusa Nezek. Rishusa Rabim is not Beer Bizdeacher. Your partner. So the fact that we're talking about the Shane is Mu'edas Lechos Arayulos Lechor, whose domain are we talking about? We're talking about the Rishus of the Nezek, because otherwise it wouldn't be Mu'ad. There's no Din Mu'ad on Shane and Rishusa Rabim. So therefore, Merektani Hashem Mu'edas Lechos Michal Vechotza Nezek Askin. And we're talking about in the courtyard of the Nezek. The Ktani, and then it says, Ubehema, 
Right there, when it gives the examples of Tom, it says an animal is not Muad. Therefore, Lechorah, it means even though it's in the Rishus of the Nizak, you're still telling me the Behemoth is not considered Muad right away. That therefore, so Shalom could pay all of it. About Chatzinezik, Mishalem, means it pays Chatzinezik. Hamani, who does that go? Like, remember, we had a Machlokas yesterday between Rabbi, Rabbi Tarfun and the Chachamim. And this must be going like the Chachamim. That an animal is Tom, even if it gores. It's Chatzinezek, even Bershur Sanizah, because that's what it's saying. The animal is considered animal edus right away, and you pay Chatzinezek, whereas Shein, you pay Nezek Shalom. So the Chorus are in the same domain, Bershur Sanizah, so you must be going like the Shita of the Chachamim, not the Shita of Rabbi Tarfan, because according to Rabbi Tarfan, if it's in the Rishus of the Nizak, then Karen, you pay full damages even by a Tom. One second, one second, wait, wait, wait. Someone says, Mani, that's going like Rabbanon he. To Amri, they hold that Meshunah Karen, that Karen is abnormal, and even Mechatzah Nezak, you pay Chatzi Nezaku, the Meshalim. So the problem is, Ema Seifa, then say the end. What does it say in the end? It says, Shora Muad, Vashora Mazak, Vashusah Nezak, that a Shora Muad always pays full damages. And a Shora Mazak, Vashusah Nezak, even if it's a Tam, pays full damages. It's the same Mishnah. So at the end, it gives an example of Muad, of a Shora Mazak that's full damages. and a person that's also in the Rabbi Tarfun. And that, that's going like Rabbi Tarfun that says I'm Mishuna Karen Nezik Nezik Shalimhu. That is, even though Karen is abnormal, but it's in Rishus Nezik, you pay full damages to Mashalim. So Reisha, the first part is going like Rabbanon, but safer like Rabbi Tarfun. We had something very similar to us yesterday. So Gemara says in. The Mora says, yes, you could. When Rebbe re- uh, redacted the Mishnah, sometimes he did that. He put part of one Mishnah going like one opinion, part of another Mishnah going like the other. The Amar lay Shmuel to Rabbi Yehuda, because Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda that, um, what did he say? Shinna, a sharp one. Shavik Matnisen, leave this Mishnah alone. Don't try and make this Mishnah go like one opinion. It doesn't work like one opinion. Betaz Basrai, follow me. The Reisha goes like the Rabbonon, and the Sefer goes like Rabbi Tarfun. And that's what we have over here, that it gives us given examples, but they're going like two different opinions. You could either have in Roshul Nizak, you're paying Chatzin Nezak like the Rabbonon, or Karen Roshul Nizak, you're paying Nezak Shalem like the opinion of Rabbi Tarfun. Okay, gentlemen, we will stop over here.